0: Week two is in the books for the Ohio State Buckeyes and another good day in Columbus. The four-touchdown win over the Penguins from Youngstown State. First half was terrific by most accounts. Second half, not very much on the scoring front, but we've got plenty of reasons to dive into why that may be the case, not just the first couple games of the season, but why that could be a regular occurrence moving forward. Lots of good things to build on. Did Kyle McCord win the starting quarterback job today? Beyond a reasonable doubt. We're going to find out. we talk about it next, coming up. Postgame game show live, Buckeye Breakdown. We've got the whole crew together as we cover Ohio State with our instant analysis from Ohio State. There's something that doesn't feel right. Unbelievable effort from him today. Is EJ Liddell going to crack the first team all Big Ten? Think he can be the guy? I'm not trying to start a quarterback controversy. He seems to have the durability. He certainly has the toughness is the question on a lot of people's minds here. Welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to Ohio Stadium. We're at the shoe after the Buckeyes just wrapped up a nice win, 35-7 over the Youngstown State Penguins. No, it wasn't a 50-burger. No, it wasn't a big 60-point blowout victory over an FCS opponent. But uh, the game was unquestionably never in doubt. And when Ohio State needed to turn it on, they certainly did, especially in the first half. Brendan Gulick and Anthony Meglin with you. We are live uh, not just today but every day. 7am monday through friday if this is the first time you've joined us thanks for tuning in but know that you can join us every weekday morning as we digest all that there is to talk about with ohio state football of course we're affiliated with the sports illustrated media group buckeyes now is on fan nation so go to BuckeyesNow.com for all the latest on the team and we'd certainly appreciate it if you subscribe to our youtube channel to support the show all right anthony uh, first impressions on a day that when kyle mccord had a chance to go out and and show in front of the home crowd that he was ready to lead this team Uh, largely he did that.
1: I couldn't agree more. I think uh, a a collective sigh of relief coming from uh, Buckeye Nation. I thought he looked good, right? You know, we talked all week, like, you know, we wanted this offense to look pretty smooth, um, you know, kind of stay in rhythm all day. Uh, And I think Kyle McCord um, answered a lot of questions, at least in my eyes today. Um, Just he looked confident. And I think there's some things that you and I can get into, um, you know, in terms of play calling and, and even just offensive design that helped him this really helped unleash him a little bit and really understanding his strengths um, and really capitalizing on those because I think that a lot of different things were evident uh, this afternoon and allowed him to just play free, play smooth. And, yes, they were playing Youngstown State, so let's take you know all this with the grain of salt. But it was the step in the right direction that we all needed to see or all wanted to see and, frankly, needed to see um, from Kyle McCord this afternoon.
0: It looked good, 14 of 20 in the first half and the six incompletions. I don't know that I can think of him throwing a pass where I thought, oh, that was a really bad decision. Um, I thought, you know, he, he might have had two throws that were, okay, probably could have put that in a slightly better spot. Uh, but I thought he read the field generally pretty well. Um, there were even moments where he had chances to go through multiple progressions. It wasn't just, hey, this is my option one and it's open, boom, go. For example, the third play of the game on the third down, the well, the third play that Ohio State ran anyways, uh, the third down, the long TD to Marvin Harrison, Ryan Day said in the postgame press conference that Marvin was not uh, the primary target on that play, but he sprung free and good for Kyle, we saw him and he connected on a great pass. And I think there is something to be said for when you score big chunk touchdowns early in the game, when you're playing against a team that has fresh legs, they've been scouting you for the last week and a half, they're ready to go, you're ready to go, and you go out and execute. Um, I think that feels good. It kind of settles everybody down.
1: Absolutely. I'm excited to uh, – I'm really excited for the next couple of days for us to get into a little bit of the tape because there's a lot of good stuff that that, you, that we saw this afternoon, and, and Coach Day referenced that play specifically. And obviously it's a huge touchdown, um, right, 70-yarder, get Marvin going, get the crowd going, first drive of the game. But more importantly, it was third and nine. Um, and, I, and on TV, I'm not sure what you were able to see, um, you know, in terms of replays or anything, but on TV showed a really good replay of how the, the route concept was fantastic. First of all, um, just a little dig by number two, kind of drew the safety up and released Marvin up the sidelines. It was pretty sweet, uh, but it, it was a, it was a very mature play. That one, you know, that we're referencing very mature play by Kyle um, to not try to force. And we talked last week, a little bit, a couple a couple times, he was forcing throws, forcing forcing first three throws. Like, hey, sometimes it's not open. Let's get to number two. And one that really stands out in my mind: uh, we were backed up. I uh, forget what the situation was, going the other direction. So it was in the second quarter. Um, and he hit Marvin over the middle. It was a little behind him, but you can do that with Marvin Harrison. He'll make you right. But it was really good. It was a throw over the middle, which we haven't we we saw him do successfully last week, and just continue to grow in that. So there's some really really great throws that you're like, Hey, that's right. You know, that was correct. That's a good throw. That's a, that's a good throw in uh, against a you know, a normal opponent that we would normally see, but a great throw today. Um, there's a couple, you know, still continuing to, to improve on that accuracy. I think the the second touchdown to Marvin, um, you could kind of see Marvin doing a dance in the end zone and get, kind of right you could tell the ball wasn't in the right spot potentially but excited to just kind of see it see it in a from a different angle kind of break this tape down uh, on Kyle because what I what, from what we can see it looked really good mean, um, it looked like a step in the right direction for him
0: yeah and look Ryan Day was asked point blank in the press conference did Kyle win the job today did he do anything today in your mind that, that essentially ends the competition uh and Ryan was somewhat politically correct in saying well let's go back and, and watch before we draw any lines in the sand and say, this is you know something uh, that, that we're not going to turn back from, but you got the impression that he kind of felt like, Hey, Kyle looked the part today. He performed really well. His misses were good misses. Um, I thought Devin performed. Okay. I thought he performed like he was pressing a little bit because he probably was, you know, he's, he's got to figure out how to, you know, settle in himself. And I think he can be a really good player. Um, I, I've been on the Kyle McCord train for a while. I'm going to stay there. I, I think he's the guy. Um, but I also think Devin showcased enough athleticism and mobility to make you think like, hey, this, you know, this could be something good if he, if he can get his rhythm. Um, but I thought he, I, I don't want to say nervous, but I thought he was playing maybe just like a, a little over his own skis. Yeah. Um, where he, he couldn't really settle in until the second half when things slowed down a little bit for him. Uh, and, and he put together a fine performance. But I look I, I also said this week with you, I didn't think we were gonna see anything on tape that was gonna completely say, Hey, this this thing's over. It's gonna it's gonna have a lot to do with what these guys are doing during the week as well. Um, but Kyle has, in my opinion, separated himself as the guy.
1: I couldn't agree more. And to your point, it you could certainly feel that as well through the television. Um, you know, then think but think of Devin's perspective. Right. You know, last week you're you're told you're going to get some reps. And you get three. Doesn't look great. Kyle plays the whole game this week. You kind of don't know if you're going to get in or not. Right. Just because of the way it's going to it's going. And then you watch Kyle throw a touchdown pass 80 yards on the first drive and then come out and do it and go down the field again. And you're like, oh, God, I got to go. I got to I got <laughs> one screw it, like I got, I have to go try to make a name for myself, and that's when you like see the tenseness, and then you're not playing smooth, and, that, and that's so natural and so normal, and it's honestly okay, uh, but to your point, I think there's some things um, from Devin's game that are encouraging, because in the event that Kyle does go down, you know, Devin brings a, an incredible skill set to the table. Um, he's big dude. You can tell how the offense is how they call it a little bit differently, getting him involved with actual run plays and scheming it up for for him. He's got a lot of room to grow. He's got a lot of growth that needs to take place. But, you know, hey, if there's ever a situation where, you know, Kyle can't go, you feel comfortable, um, you know, throwing Devin out there. But I do think today was very evident. I think we hinted on it a little bit. It was kind of, in my opinion, it wasn't really much of a competition anymore. Uh, but today was very, very clear. Hey, this is what's going to happen. You'll see Devin again next week, but it's going to be – Hey, it'll be, uh, hey, this is Kyle's job. This is Kyle's
0: team. We'll, we'll get to the other um, issue with the offensive line. Not I'm not ignoring that, but I want to start with the things that I, you know, I thought stood out in a really positive way. And you can't go any further in a, in a post-game show without bringing up Marv's name individually because he's a cheat code. I mean, he's, I, I think he just might be the best player in college football, regardless of whether or not he actually takes home a Heisman trophy eventually, Um I think he could probably play in the NFL right now. He's that good. And when you've got a guy on your team that is that talented, you just try to find a way to get him the ball. And look, obviously he scores two long touchdowns, and that's fine. One of them was a shorter throw, long run. The other one was a throw that you know was the entire length of the yardage of the score. Um, but it's his ability to separate. His route running is unreal. Uh, he had an uncharacteristic drop today on a ball that hit him right in the numbers, which was disappointing. It, it ended that two-minute drive at the end of the first half there. But, um, I mean, he was absolutely electrifying. Finished the game with seven catches for 160 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, He was targeted 13 times. And I was glad to see that Emeka Guka also got a bunch of targets, five catches for 94 and a score, uh, nine throws his direction. Um, It's it's a nice luxury to have if you're Kyle or Devin, but certainly Kyle right now uh, to be settling into a job where you've got those two guys on the outside – uh but marvin today i thought had a really special day
1: it's a joke marvin harrison is a joke like it's it's watching him play football is so much fun and he's so good his the way he can contort his body is amazing like even you know i think of one you know a lot of his catches today were pretty standard right there wasn't too many like crazy ones but you think of the one you know devin was in and it was a high throw and he like climbed the ladder got a paw on it guys getting hit like and still almost pulled it in. You're like, that shouldn't even have been close. Like any normal human who's not an alien, like he is like that goes through your hands and it's in the sidelines. Like his ability to just get his hands on the ball, his catch radius is insane. It's totally insane. And he's, he's such a huge target. And you know, not only is it amazing to have on your team, like Kyle, that's his high school boy. Like, you know, your his relationship with him is unmatched. You, you think back to, everybody can think back to some of their high school best friends. And like, that's literally what it is. It's your high school best friend that you're now throwing touchdowns to in Columbus, Ohio. Um, you know, pretty, pretty strong. You can have that chemistry built in, but you know, watching Marvin Harrison play football is, is really good. And you feel good about the way today went because of the way last week went. Um, You know, it's almost like we used to say this as coaches, like get them going early, get their tail wagging, get them happy, like get them going, get them targets early, because then, you know, we talked about it. They're bought in the rest of the day. Then everything's the urgency's up. They're run blocking better. They're running routes better. They're making better catches, like get them going quickly and early. I saw you saw that with Marvin. You saw that with the Mecca as well. Just got them catches early, got them big catches early. And then they look really smooth throughout the game. And then on the flip side, as a quarterback, I promise me on this one, when Marvin not, doesn't have a catch in the first quarter, that's in Kyle's head. And now that's when you start seeing guy, the quarterback position start to really stress out. And you don't want to force it, but like, hey, he should be winning the Heisman this year. if I don't screw up. So I'm just going to be throwing it in the football. And that's when things start to unravel. So it was great to see both of those guys get going early. And then they were able to find some pay dirt. That was, it was good to see. Good to see for sure.
0: I thought Trevion Henderson ran really hard today. I'm going to give him a lot of credit because sometimes it looks like he dances and holes a little bit. Uh, I think we saw on film last week that the the instances where maybe he wasn't as downhill as you wanted him to be is because the holes that were supposed to be there weren't there. So maybe it's a little bit misleading. I thought he ran really hard today, um, especially on the scoring play that he obviously almost fumbled and then it was overturned by replay. Uh, to be a good touchdown. But Travion finished the game with five carries for 56 yards and two scores. He also had a couple of catches in in the screen game. And I think Ryan Day alluded to this in his post-game press conference. Um, I I would love to do a study here in maybe a month when we've got more than just two games to look at. It is extremely apparent that Ryan Day is concerned about the number of plays and the number of series that they're going to get to run in terms of building depth for the team because the game plan against an offense like this is you can only beat them if they're not on the field. And so everybody's going to try to milk the clock against them. The Buckeyes only had nine drives today, nine in a 60-minute game. Uh, Last year, they regularly had 12, 13, 14, 15, uh, I mean, almost every single game. Uh, they only ran 60 plays today. And so I, I bring all that up. You know, on one hand, you want to say, Triggian Emerson only had five carries. H- how many times do you want to run the ball when you've got the kind of weapons that you've got on the outside? I mean, the Buckeyes have to figure out how to make this whole thing work the right way. And to Ryan Day's credit, the balance between running and throwing the ball was solid. They threw it 33 times and ran 27. But when you've got a stable of running backs the way Ohio State does, how do you give anybody a lot of touches? Five for Henderson, six carries for Mayan, six for Chip uh, Chip Trainum. Uh, Devin Brown ended up, you know, with with six carries as he scrambled around a bit, and, and Xavier Johnson got some uh, some action in the first half. So I think it's just going to be difficult for you know for for the way the Buckeyes want to play, and knowing what their strength is as an offense, if they don't have to run the football because they're picking teams apart, I think it's going to be difficult for any one individual running back to really, you know, showcase some huge numbers.
1: Yeah, and I agree, and, and it goes back to something Coach Day said a couple of weeks ago maybe was that coaching is more art than it is science. Like there's a lot of feel to this, and it's that's really the challenging part when, you know, it's a blessing and a curse, right? I guess it's not really even a curse. Like it's just something you have to manage because, you know, when you got guys who make plays all over the field, like yeah, maybe on the first drive, you know, they were anticipating giving Trey a couple more carries, but Marvin takes 170 yards. Okay, there's a drive, you know, drive over, you know, and then you get you get ball on plus territory and then we find Marvin again, um, you know, for, for a long one. So it's like, okay, you know, it's just give and take. And the the flip side of that is, you know, the flip side of them having limited carries is further down the road, you know, we talked about really what's important this year. You know, you're getting the games in the end of October and November, um in december um you know those guys are going to be fresh uh which is, which is really good they're not going to be taking hits all year and now some of this is going to change right you know with you know playing a really a full game you get yeah more- but
0: i, I don't want to cut you off but are they going to be that fresh because at the end of this like we're we're only talking about a, a handful of plays per game on right. average maybe that it might change and next year they're going to go to a 12-team playoff if if you make a run toward the end of the year, I don't think these clock rules are going to offset playing additional games. I I'm kind of calling the NCAA's bluff on that. I don't I don't think it's going to make a huge difference.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. But like think think of it like it's a it's a real it's, you know you're playing a a normal opponent and you're not really calling the dogs off after halftime. You know maybe Travion gets ten instead of five and you know Mayan's somewhere in the nine to twelve range. Maybe Travion's ten to 15, 9 to twelve for DeMonte and or. Yeah, the Montaigne Mayan. So you're somewhere in there. When in terms of freshness, I think you're definitely taking hits off these guys. Um, and, you know, whether that pays dividends later in the year, I guess time will tell. Um, but, you know, it, it is tough. You know, you will have to see one of these guys start getting a lion's share of carries if that's something you're concerned about. Um, the nice part is you do have the luxury of having three guys who you can go to. Um, the uh, the downside is you have three guys who who need touches. Um uh, so it's just a balancing act and you'll see you'll see these guys try to adjust to it. It's new for everybody that's the second time with these clock management rules. So you'll see it maybe adjust and, and see how the coaches improve and the play the play calling improve
0: as well. So Ryan Day was asked post game you know about just having a, a certain level of excellence and he essentially alluded to the fact that um, they don't accept anything less and that they have to figure out ways to look elite right now while building a foundation that will allow a program to be successful in the long-term. And to his credit, they have done that. He's, he's lost twice at home in his head coaching career. He's, what, 47-6, and six, I think, overall now. He's got the, the second highest winning percentage all time of a coach that has coached at least 50 games. So he's, he took over a team and a program that was in great shape, and he has driven this car straight down the highway and, and you know, done really nicely. Um, however, when he was asked, when do you need to start seeing some progress with the offensive line? His response was, and I quote, like yesterday, we got to get it fixed. Now we can do it. I know we have the talent. The scheme has to be simple so guys can play hard and execute. I don't think the offensive line was terrible today, but there were too many instances against an inferior opponent. The Buckeyes didn't look great up front and I think it's a, in particular a problem at left tackle. Josh Simmons was flagged twice today, um, once on a hold, once on an illegal hands to the face. It, it just hasn't been good enough right now, and they've got to get that figured out because you're going to start getting tested by better defensive lines yeah. certainly in two weeks.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, to quantify that, you know, you know, we, we can talk through it, and we'll see more of it later, but. You know only averaging 4.6 yards a carry is not a uh, standard that ohio state's like looking for with one guy being a total outlier in trey travian henderson averaging 11 yards a carry so you know across the board your run game didn't look didn't look all that great um and you know you got to clean up the penalties it's tough man it's playing offensive lines really hard and there's a lot of the communication that goes along with it like you know to give them the benefit of the doubt you know, they've been announced starters for two weeks now, you know, it was going into week one against Indiana. Imagine if these growing pains were going, were happening, you know, in the second week of camp, which normally they do, and you're able to get them corrected. Um, you know, that's giving them the benefit of the doubt. However, you don't have that time. You know, we're week two into the season and you're week three now, and you're looking at Notre Dame in two weeks, like don't go into South Bend with, with left tackle issues. Like you can't do that. Um, and you can't go in there with a, with an offensive line that's still trying to mesh because, it will come back to bite you. Um, so you know they, the sense of urgency there. That was a really telling um, response by Coach Day. Like that's going to get t- that's going to get turned up. I think you're going to you're going to see some you know hopefully improved play in, in the coming week.
0: Trying to figure out you know if, if we should ask ourselves this question on a weekly basis. So let's let's at least try it for now. After watching Ohio State this week, do you feel that national championship aspirations are legitimate? And I asked the question because that's their ultimate goal in this program. They never shy away from it. In fact, they they lean into it. So, after having seen what you've seen, do you think that it's a legitimate thing that this team could develop into an eventual national champion? Yeah, what a question.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that one. That's a good one. Um, On the spot. Okay, so the the short, the long is, yeah, uh, the the long and the short of it is like, yes, I do. Uh, I think. The difference is you feel much better after today than you did seven days ago right now. We're all like, yeah, hey, that didn't look great. Today, the only thing you could do today was take care of business and look the part. We've said it. That's our buzzword this week. We must look the part. And that's the only thing they could accomplish today. They couldn't beat Georgia today. They couldn't beat Michigan today or Alabama or Texas or whoever it may be. You know, what they could do is beat Youngstown State today and look handily doing it. Um, I think they did. I think they accomplished those things. You'd love to – you would like – you're, the defense is going to want that first drive back. Um, you know, I think that that was a function of you had a really great throw by the quarterback up the, up the sidelines, and it was really accurate. It was a great throw, and, like, throw that not, throw that 10 times. How many times did that get completed? We would see. Um, you know, but, you know, they're going to want that drive back, yes. Um, I think your offense, which was the big question mark, could steps in the right direction to that conversation. Um, and you look across the country. Uh, you probably don't know this, but Georgia was tied with Ball State at the end of the first quarter um, at zero. Didn't
0: they score like 31 points in the second quarter well, or then
1: they, then they went to Georgia football, and they ended up winning. But still, same thing, right? 0-0 at the end of one against Ball State. Clemson falls um, last week, and they're in a – you I probably also don't know this. They're in a dogfight with Charleston Southern or whoever they're playing today. Um, so they're in it. They, you know, you everyone is going to, like, pick apart their, their performances, but – all you can do is beat Youngstown State today, and they did that. Um, and I think that they improved. I think you, you're going to see some some of the stuff we talked, you and I talked all week about. Where are we going to look for improvements? I think we're going to be able to check those boxes off and say that this team's getting better. So the long answer is that. The short answer is yes.
0: <laughs> I uh, I appreciate the context. Yeah. Um, I, in an effort to maybe try to point out something slightly different uh, every time we answer the question, I would say I'm encouraged two games in with Ohio State's secondary. Did they give up a big pass in the first half? Yeah. Uh, Did they play perfect today? No. Denzel Burke had a nice pick. It's the first time that an Ohio State corner has intercepted a pass in two years. That was great. Um, Little concern, we didn't see Josh Proctor today. Sounds like he has an ankle injury that's bothering him. No reason for him to go out there and and push it on a day like this. Um, Malik Hartford, I thought, played okay. He's young. John Carter got lucky. He didn't get called for targeting on a a pretty tough hit. Ultimately, it was just a a personal foul. You know, I thought he looked all right. Sonny Styles looked terrific today. Uh, Correct. Yeah, yeah, I mean, really, really good. I thought Benison had a decent game. You know, Youngstown State wasn't really going to be able to air it out. Man, I'm telling you, I give the Penguins some credit. Those boys came out, fired up, excited for the chance to play on this field, in this stadium, in front of this crowd. where they have, like, 79 or 80 guys on their roster that are Ohio dudes? Uh, I think they said on the TV broadcast that, you know, basically – Every week other than this week, they're all Ohio State fans. They want to see the Buckeyes play well. They were just juiced up for the chance to come here and play on the same field that Ohio State plays on. And, you know, when when Davidson dove in for that touchdown and went in and Penguin waddled in the wow. end zone, ten you know, 10 feet in front of where I'm standing here. I mean, it was actually that was that was pretty cool. I was like, man, these guys are here to play. And, you know, I, I was never worried that they were going to give Ohio State a game, but um, I, I really thought it was. It was fun to watch a team that came in with that kind of mentality. I thought their their play calling early on, especially, was good. You know, they um, they converted all three third downs on the first drive, and then to Ohio State's defensive credit, they did not allow a third down conversion the rest of the first half. Um, They trusted their defensive line to get home instead of putting so much pressure on uh, on Davidson. So, uh, long roundabout answer. I like what Ohio State's secondary did in the grand scheme of things. Um, you know we're two games into the season and the Buckeyes have given up ten points. Yeah, that's pretty darn good.
1: Pretty good. Um, I think we're gonna like what we saw from Sonny Styles today. I, I'm excited to watch it um, and see more about it. But I thought he did well. And then there's a clip in there that uh that uh, Denzel Burke stuck his nose in there on the run. He popped his helmet off. It was it was kind of funny on the you like he hit him. You hit, you hit him. You're like oh no, like dude, what are we doing here? Like you don't got to do this today. Like don't get hurt today. But he popped right up and he was barking. You know he's getting after everybody. Uh, which is pretty cool. So um, I think yeah, I couldn't agree more. I thought the secondary looked, looked really good, um, you know, kind of did what they had to do.
0: A fun day, not a perfect day, but uh, a day that I think a lot of Ohio State fans are feeling a lot better about. Um, you know, maybe you sit here and say, gosh, this team isn't achieving the way that, that we expect because they only beat Youngstown State 35 to seven. Again, I think it's a, a product of the number of plays in the clock. Um, if they didn't have a touchdown taken off the board because of Chip Trainum's holding call on what I thought was a close to being holding. I guess I get why they flagged it, but I thought it was a good block. Um, if Mayan Williams scores that touchdown, then then it's 42 to seven and you've scored touchdowns on six of your nine drives. Um, you know, the three and out defensively they had right before the first half, the first throw was, I guess it, it had to get out of Kyle's hand just a lick faster. Mm -hmm. Um, the second throw the incompletion over the middle hit Marvin right in the hands. that's a rare drop and on third down I was wrestling a little bit between did Kyle pull it too fast and say okay I'm going to try to make something out of this uh and and you know run for what was it a yard or two yards um maybe but he didn't force something or turn the ball over when they were at midfield with under two minutes to go in the first half and in a game where you're trying to put your foot on somebody's throat I think that was important so You know, I I don't think there were too many, like, true wasted possessions. Um, Youngstown State helped Ohio State in that regard a little bit. I think they had five pre-snap penalties um, on both sides of the ball. But all in all, a a really solid day. And I think Ohio State fans can go home feeling, you know, pretty good about where this team is at now that you've seen some uh, more consistency at your quarterback spot.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that uh, at least from the people I've talked to or been talking to, everyone's just kind of like, whew. Kyle looked good today. Um, you know that was kind of what they were. All the fans of of Ohio State football were kind of looking for. So definitely think that was uh, you did what you needed to do today and all you could do today was was, was beat Youngstown State and look good doing it. So I think the uh, the vibes are different. Um, you know from compared to last week after uh, after that Indiana win. So I
0: like where we're at. All right, there you got it. Our uh, our instant analysis from Ohio State's thirty-five to seven win. Over the Youngstown State Penguins. Good luck to the Penguins the rest of the year. And uh, now it's time to turn your attention to a team that is not going to be afraid to chuck it around the ball, uh, chuck it around the park here. Uh, Western Kentucky wants to throw the football, and we will dive into that throughout the course of the week for sure. But in the meantime, enjoy your Saturday, Victory Saturday, uh, and Victory Sunday with us tomorrow. Uh, Tomorrow, as always, will be our What We Learned episode. We're going to have a little chance to come down from the emotions of a fun win, and then actually maybe evaluate a few other things, um, bring you some additional analysis rather than just the gut reaction from today. And by the way, before I wrap up, I almost forgot, uh, I talked to Arbel Reese very briefly post game, uh, and he said he's okay. So glad to see that Arbel Reese is all right, because that was uh, a little bit of a hold-your-breath moment there uh, when he was helped off the field there in the first half. So glad to see the the true freshman who's gotten a lot of praise from this Ohio State staff uh, that he's okay. That's good news. All right, Buckeyesnow.com for all the latest the rest of the day. we got plenty of content uh, already posted post-game and plenty to come throughout the night here this evening. We will look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Uh, we'll do a show probably mid to late morning. We haven't really settled on a time for Sundays yet, but uh, maybe, maybe mid-morning tomorrow so that Anthony can make sure he can go down and see the, the Cleveland Browns, bro. <laughs> something like that. Be, In the meantime, uh, enjoy the day. You, I'm sorry, what would
1: you say? Oh, man, sorry. Oh. There you
0: go. Yep, there you no. go. Bring it back. No, I, I didn't. I didn't catch what you said. No, I was just gonna say we'll
1: do the we'll do the uh, the the pre or the post game show tomorrow, and I'll be speaking and bark. I'll be barking the whole time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, looking forward to it. All right. Hope you enjoyed Buckeye breakdown, and we'll look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. Ohio State thirty-five, Youngstown State seven.